Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Let's talk about it with Janelle King. What do I think a man should be encouraged to do? I think a man should be encouraged to stand on his own two feet. Yes, we help people. Of course we help people. But for those who can do, they must just get up and do. And if something's wrong, they shouldn't whine about it. They should get in there and do something about it. Change things. So that's a quote from Margaret Thatcher, who's one of my favorite. And... What she was saying is that if you can stand on your own two feet, you need to stand on your own two feet. So we're living in a time where the word equity and equality is exchanged. We also live in a time where people believe that equal outcome is a byproduct of hard work, but hard work is based on an individual standard. For example, many people believe that working eight hours a day, 40 hours a week constitutes enough to become wealthy. When in fact, millionaires work a minimum of 60 hours, at least six days a week. If you think about more well-known millionaires, they'll tell you that they feel that an ambitious entrepreneur should work at least 70 to 80 hours a week. So many will also tell you that, you know, there needs to be a healthy dose of opportunity to reach successes as well. Why is it that when we talk about opportunity, we're met with such opposition? Well, a little over a year ago, I had a conversation with a family member. He had recently earned his PhD, and he was he had worked on for decades. I mean, it took him a really long time um, through undergrad, graduate school, medical school. I mean, just a lot, right? So I asked him, would you mind if someone, or let's say the school decided to hand out PhDs to students who attempted to earn their degree, but was faced with obstacle, which pretty much put them in a position where they weren't able to finish school. So should we just hand them a PhD? He immediately said no, because he learned that everything we do, you need to learn how to do it effectively, right? So that's what school is about. It's about teaching you how to do the job, not necessarily just earning the degree. So I agree with him. You know, I said, I certainly don't want to have a surgery performed by a doctor who didn't complete medical school, but received an honorary degree, right? But you see, learning is not about just about the lecture. It's also about the journey. It's about everything you learn. It's about being able to harness the, 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 the hard work, the, you know, what it takes to move forward, what it takes to pick yourself up, challenges, all of the above. But if you listen to the progressives, you would think that equity for all is actually attainable. When in fact, to them, equity means equal outcomes. And equal outcome is not attainable. The truth is, it's just not. 
While I would love to see everyone take advantage of opportunities that are in front of them, many will assume that they're entitled to the outcome of the opportunity without having to actually reach or achieve or gather or even reach out and grab the opportunity itself. You see, handing people participation trophies doesn't make you better at the sport. It makes you feel good about trying to have the illusion of actually winning the game. A perfect example of this is affirmative action and some other preferential policies. You see, the idea was to ensure minorities, particularly black males, will have opportunity. But we have all heard the saying that success is when opportunity meets preparation. The hurdle we run into when enrolling through the affirmative action process is that in many cases, the schools are overlooking the preparation aspect of it. So this is primarily due to the fact that we have students that are coming from failing or low-performing high schools. Another issue, and, and my favorite economist Thomas Sowell talks about this, when you look at the students could be afforded the affirmative action means or route to get into college, they typically come from low income communities. Like I said, low performing high schools. Thomas Sowell said, he's one of my favorite economists, you know, in the 90s 70% of black students failed to graduate from Berkeley College. These were students that got in through affirmative action in a lot of cases or a lot of times. But most importantly, he was had to look at this and he said, well, why is this? And he reviewed the test scores and found that nationally black student scores were behind white and Asian students. Yet they were expected to perform on the same level as other Berkeley students, although they were starting out behind their peer group in math and sciences. But then he also mentioned that at MIT, the average black student came in within the top 10% nationwide in mathematics. But they found that they were in the bottom 10% at MIT and 25% didn't graduate. So why isn't this working? In many of our low-income communities, like I stated before, where they are mostly, where we find most of our uh, recipients of preferential policy, um, we also see a host of other issues that are associated with the community. For example, in many of the predominant minority schools, there is a much higher focus on athletics than graduating. Unfortunately, this creates a narrative that winning games is more important than graduating. In many cases, there's very little attention associated with learning styles or previous learning experiences. That's something else that we don't consider when we are filling out these applications and not actually interviewing people. We're just filling out applications. Okay, you're a minority. You get it. In many cases, we're talking to first-generation college students. I was the first in my family to actually graduate from college. Now, my mom attended school. She did some college, but I was the first to actually graduate. Because of that, I wasn't provided with certain advice. Like, for instance, you know, don't take early morning classes um, if you have an evening job or if you attend to stay up late studying, stuff like that. But I really needed to know that. But often in the spirit of equity, we produce adults who are not ready for the real world. And we produce those who enter the workforce with vast amounts of debt and a generic degree that can't be used to self-sustain. And we have to ask ourselves, you know, where does all of this stem from? Well, this is the idea that some need a boost rather than opportunity. I believe that it stems from the intent of compassion. However, setting people up to fail isn't compassionate. Allowing school choice for parents so they can review every school and find the option that works best for them is. It also creates competition that increases efficiency and equality 
And that is compassionate. I wish compassion was a culprit that can be addressed because that's easy. When you say to the world, it's systemically racist and that the cards are stacked against you. And no matter what you do, you will never get ahead until we tear down the system. You find a much deeper issue. You see the idea of oppressed versus oppressor, the systems of, of, that, are, that form through critical legal theory, critical race theory, encourages areas of weakness to stay weak because we are chasing the wrong enemy. For the record, yes, bigotry, racism, stereotypes, they all exist, but is it the cause of disparities in communities? Thomas Sowell and I say absolutely not. <laughs> so after traveling the world, he determined that disparities among societies are caused by repeated patterns of problematic behavior, family instability, and cultural priorities. It is also important to note that an intact home may not constitute as a stable home and that single parents can also provide stability. Until we address these issues, we will always see inconsistencies in success. Telling communities that they are in poverty because the system is stacked against you creates more repeated patterns of problematic behavior. It creates more family instability, and it reduces focus on cultural priorities. There is an element of this discussion that is seen but often ignored or misdiagnosed, and that element is competition. The heartbeat of capitalism is competition. Why is it that when we talk about competition, it seems as a bad thing? Well, this is why monopolies are not supported in a capitalistic society because it removes competition. And unfortunately, as human beings, we're flawed. Without competition, greed and self-centered behavior will kick in, which is a breeding ground for discrimination and corruption. Often, healthy competition is misunderstood for all sorts of things, leading to solutions that weren't necessarily in the first place. Much like education, there's a host of factors that play an intricate role in our outcomes. Blaming the lack of success on the actions of one is just way too broad. As a minority, it is not uncommon to think about everything through the premise of race. It is not uncommon to think that you're being discriminated against whenever something doesn't turn out your way or the way you anticipated it. Opportunity comes as a result of hard work and consistency. Equity has nothing to do with outcome. It has everything to do with making sure that opportunity is available for all. How do we know when we're looking at discrimination versus nepotism? And is it wrong to place those who you have relationships with above those who you don't? Are there hurdles that hamper opportunity for low-income communities? If so, what are they? Or does opportunity rise above those hurdles and serve as a catalyst for success despite challenges? Well, let's talk about opportunity versus equity. Today I'm in the studio with Jalen Johnson. Besides being my friend, Jalen is the youngest person ever elected to the Albany, Georgia Board of City Commissioners. <laughs> Although he's only 22 years old, Jalen has years of lived experience, having worked on several political campaigns and in the halls of Congress as a legislative aide to Congressman Byron Donalds, who we love. <laughs> Jalen knows what it takes to win and be an effective leader. As a first-generation college student, Jalen had to fight for and earn every single opportunity that he has lived today. And he strives to use these experiences to build bridges among our communities, to foster a deeper understanding of our differences and the surprising areas of uncommon ground. 
As a public servant, he has a simple approach to solving complex problems. Let's talk about it. <laughs> hey, Jalen, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, man, let's dive right in. Yeah. Do you believe that there are preferential treatment for those who come up in, in challenging environments? Like, do you believe there should be, I should say, preferential treatment? <sighs> to be honest with you, I, I, I think it... Um it um, it does a disservice to to people who mm. receive <clears throat> those preferential treatments. Just to kind of hit on what you talked about with affirmative mm-hmm. action, mm-hmm. I'll give you a quick little story about <clears throat> how I was a freshman in college. <clears throat> Sorry. Mm-hmm. When I was a freshman in college, I came in with a whole group of kids. Um, my freshman class, it was probably 50, 50% white, 50% black. Mm-hmm. Um, we came in, we all had to live in the same dorm room because we were freshmen. We were forced to live on campus mm-hmm. at West Georgia. And after that first year, Janelle, um, most of those kids that I started with weren't there after mm. that first year. They were done a disservice. Wow. And and to be frank, the majority of the kids that did not return were the black students who came mm. from impoverished communities, just like I did. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, I was a first-generation college student, grew up dirt poor, mm-hmm. mom raised five boys all, all on her own. Mm. Um, so I was in that same situation. Mm-hmm. However my level of intellect was a lot different than those kids who were done a disservice. They were put in a scenario, they were put in a situation where they quite frankly should not have been. Maybe trade school was the route for them. Maybe maybe there was another option for them, but just forcing this affirmative action to say, you go to college, you go to college and and pushing kids Mm -hmm. through that pipeline does a disservice. And so, so I honestly believe that there just should be, there shouldn't be any preferential treatment to do disservices to people that look like me. I'm sorry. So you, you know, I I totally agree. I totally agree. And I know you had to, like you said, had to fight for the opportunities that you've had. And and, and can you talk about that? Can you share a little bit about your personal story? No, absolutely. So I grew up in Albany, Georgia, Mm -hmm. Albany. Albany. I know. I had to change that. So for those that are in New York, it's not Albany. It's Albany. Albany. There there you go. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I I grew up there. Um, Like I said, my mom had five kids. Never, ha- never had my dad in my life. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, you know, single parent yeah. can do the job yep. sufficiently. Um, uh, and, and growing up for me, I had two older brothers who mm-hmm. kind of got into the gang drug life early on. So they were kind of my example of what I did not want to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I was fortunate to have an example of what not to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have any role models to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to Doherty High School. Uh, I got involved around my senior year in kind of um, some minor politics here and there around mm-hmm. the state, you know, working on some campaigns. And I was fortunate enough to realize that what my upbringing was was not my final destination, was not the end for me. That was just the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the only person that could hold me down was myself. I mean, I went to, I went to high school with kids who, uh, you know, were, were, were doing drugs in the bathroom at school, were doing all these things that were unnecessary and not productive to, to have a successful life. Mm-hmm. I shied away from that because I knew it wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. So that allowed me the opportunity to go to college. And, and to be honest with you, it wasn't it wasn't easy. It was, it was a hard road because, like what you mentioned earlier, I didn't have anyone to t- show me how to fill out FAFSA. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anyone to tell me what to do and what not to do, what class to take, what class not mm-hmm. to take, to maximize my time. Mm-hmm. I had to figure out all those things on my own. I even applied to college on my own. 
own. Mm. And I had to act like I was my parent because my mom didn't know what she was doing. So I had to ask her for her social Uh so I could, you know, act like I was her. Because, I mean, you (laughs) know, the federal government asked you for Mm. all this information about your parents. Well, she she never had to do any of that. So I had Mm -hmm. to do it all on my own. And and that's that opportunity aspect. I was given the opportunity Mm -hmm. to apply, to make these decisions, to do it. It was my own will and my own determination that allowed me to run through those doors, mm-hmm. not anyone else's. <laughs> what What would you say is the um, catalyst or the other thing that created that um, fire? That, that, yeah, that fire, <laughs> that motivation. Where did that come from? To be honest with you, I, mm-hmm. I, I learned early on that the progressive kind of mindset, the progressive, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you got to hand everything out and 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 do a disservice to our communities. Mm-hmm. I learned, I kind of had an advantage and learned early on that that was all a fraud. It was all a game. Yeah. Um, uh, these, you know, f- for example, in my community, you have these group of pastors who who. You know, they go around and they 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 parade with the Democratic Party. They parade with the progressives and say, oh, well, we're all for helping people. We're all mm-hmm. for giving back to the community. But half of the, the slumlord homes in my hometown mm-hmm. are owned by these same people. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I saw growing up. I was like, well, this is not adding up. It's like you're supposed to be wow. helping us. But all, all of the uh, dilapidated housing and all the properties that are out yeah. of shape, yep. y'all own it. So yeah. what, what are y'all actually doing to help mm-hmm. lift people up and not just say that you're doing it? to make mm-hmm. us feel good. It's like they've mm-hmm. created this, env- progressives have mm-hmm. created this environment and they fostered mm-hmm. this victim mentality mm-hmm. and people that look like me and people that are my age mm-hmm. for decades. They've, they've been doing it for so long, mm-hmm. but fortunately I was able to see straight through it mm-hmm. early on and that's what built my fire. My fire yeah. was to prove them wrong and do everything that they said I could not do. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. You're listening to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. So I'm assuming that's where the fraudulent come in, right? Because you're you're telling me that we're going to help you, but then you can help me by making sure that my house and my neighborhood looks good, right? Like by, by cutting the grass. I mean, you know, and I'm, I'm a firm believer. Right? What I, my, my inside joke, I guess you could say, is, you know, let's start with fixing our blinds. Yeah. <laughs> let's start with cutting the grass, yep. right? Yep. I mean, but but those are the ways that you can help, especially if you're a landlord, yep. instead of running around telling people that, you know, you need help and you need me to do it for you. So what do you think is, um, I guess when we when we hear the whole, you know, there's opportunity available for everyone. I know you said that opportunity is in front of you, but you didn't know how to do it. Right. You had right. to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But. So do you do you consider that to still be opportunity if you have to like put effort in it to figure it out? 
Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's that's a part of the game. That's the the yeah. nature of of life. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's on. It, you shouldn't get any satisfaction from it. You mm-hmm. shouldn't feel good about anything that you didn't have to work for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need to instill back into our community, right. and back into our homes. Is that if you didn't earn it, if you didn't have to grind and get it out the mud to do it. Yeah. You shouldn't feel proud or, or, or happy about that. Right. It, it doesn't it doesn't teach you anything. Yeah. It, it instills that victimhood mentality. Mm-hmm. It makes you reliant mm-hmm. upon someone else forever. Mm-hmm. And that is the, na- the name of their game. Yep. That's what they want. As long mm-hmm. as you have to keep coming. It's like debt, right? Yeah. Like if I owed you, if you gave me $1,000 and I owed you $1,000, you're always going to follow up with me right. to get that $1,000 back. <laughs> and then right. as, soon as, I, as soon as I pay you back, you're never going to do business with me again. Yep. Because now you're debt, you know, debt <laughs> right. free, but but you, but you know my track record. You've right. learned. Oh, mm-hmm. it's just a constant cycle of of this person. You know, is telling me this, is telling mm-hmm. me that. But once you finally break loose from that, you free yourself from that. Yeah, you feel so much more satisfied with mm-hmm. life. You feel better. And and I'll go on record and say this: mm-hmm. I, Jalen Johnson, do not believe that. I'm 22 years old. Full mm-hmm. disclosure. Mm-hmm. There's not a single kid in my position in America or younger than me in high school right now in America that if they did not want to have a decent life mm-hmm. i.e. go to a trade school go to college not even do go to college not even go to trade school whatever mm-hmm. if they wanted to work for a local government they wanted to go you know be a um, a, a, um, a heavy equipment operator for mm-hmm. a local city government there's no doubt in my mind mm-hmm. that there's not opportunity out there for any kid my age or younger Okay. in fact they're throwing those opportunities at people like candy mm. for in the so city of Albany. There. It's there. We we have over we have over we have over three hundred or four hundred job openings right now in the mm-hmm. city of Albany, and and but nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to do it. That's an yeah. opportunity. Mm-hmm. You just have to be willing to go apply and put yourself out there. Yeah, and you know what? And I I have to correct the record because I call you Jalen because you're yep. my friend, but you are Commissioner <laughs> Jalen Johnson. Yeah. yeah. And I and you know and I and I, I wanted to correct that because <laughs> being young and in politics, right? Yeah. Um, I think I'm still a little young, you know. I mean, You're young, I, I'm coming, <laughs> I'm coming up on forty, you know. So I feel myself <laughs> getting a little bit. I'm, I'm officially becoming grown now, yeah. but. Um, but it's interesting because a lot of times we have to like fight for our respect, right? Yeah. I mean, because because you're doing the same thing that every other commissioner is doing. So yeah. I'm going to call you Commissioner Johnson. Well, thank you, Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to go you back know. to opportunity, I know there's, I know there, you have to, you get the opportunity, you grab it. It doesn't mean that you're going to automatically get the outcome, right? You have to Correct. work hard with that. But do you feel that there are hurdles that hamper low-income communities? You know, absolutely. I, mm-hmm. I think I think more so mm-hmm. um, some of those historical hurdles that still have a um, uh, a, a longer uh, what, what is it? What's the word? I'm like a for? longer effect, like a longer or effect, a lingering, a effect. lingering effect. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> for example, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously, let, let's go ahead and let, let's talk Frank, right? Yeah. Like if, if you, you take a kid who whose family you know mm-hmm. owns Whispering Pines Plantation, right? They've mm-hmm. been in the family for four hundred years. They they're you know, pecan farmers, dad's a millionaire, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it passes down. That's generational yeah. wealth. Obviously, mm-hmm. that person has a financial advantage and and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. cash is king. Right. right I mean, right. You know, cash is king. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you have those financial resources, there's mm-hmm. no doubt that you can do whatever it is that you need to do to put your your life kind of in order. Mm-hmm. Now then you take a kid like me who don't have, you know, mm-hmm. the plantation in the family who don't have the millionaire dad. Mm-hmm. 
I'm I'm at a different financial standing, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I can't get there. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that 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 in 2022 that someone mm-hmm. is telling me that I can't do that. Yeah. We don't have those same mm-hmm. challenges that 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 our grandparents had back in Jim Crow era, Black mm-hmm. Codes, where there were actual legislation mm-hmm. on the books right. that hindered people that looked like you and I mm-hmm. from getting a bank loan or or, right. or taking out a mortgage. There are no things like that that are on the books. Yeah. Um, but I will say that there are some lingering effects from those things that do put some people at a more stable financial uh, footing than others. But it doesn't yeah. mean that I can't get there. Yeah, I mean, right? it's, it's basically saying that just because your starting point is different mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't end up in the same. Absolutely. So I read, um, I, I don't know if you read Booker T. Washington's book, Up From Slavery. If you haven't, I, oh my God, you gotta read it. Okay. Gotta read it. But one of the things he talked about is that when when uh, the emancipation came and, and he said he remembered, he was, he was still a slave, mm-hmm. and he said he remembers the men coming in on horseback to say, that you know you're free you can leave Mm -hmm. all of the slaves were standing in the front yard along with the slave owners and he said that the thing that he talked about that stood out to me was he said that there were two different like there were some people who said I don't know what I'm going to do this is all I've ever known right so they stayed they said, I want to stay here. Just pay me wages. And the slave owner, his, this is his experience, mm-hmm. was like, okay, cool. I'm going to pay you the wages. But then they ran into another problem. And it was that the slave owners had never worked the fields. <laughs> right? Yes. But And the slaves have never had to delegate or manage. <laughs> so they kind of had to help each other. Because the slave the slaves had to teach the slave owners how to work the field. The slave owners had to teach the slaves how to how to achieve, how to manage, and things like that. So, and the administrative side, I, I would say, yeah. of things. So, when you look at it from that perspective, it's like, are we really starting from the uh, uh, the wrong? I mean, are we really starting on different and a different footing? That's a good point. Because just because you have cash doesn't mean you know how to save it, you know how to manage it, you know how to do anything. Absolutely. Right? But when you struggle, you learn these things, you know? It's just like in the Great Depression. When the Great Depression hit, um, there's a lot of people who just were, were committing suicide because they didn't know how to live in poverty. Exactly. But black people were, had been in poverty the whole time. So. <laughs> yeah. and, and I want to hit on a word that you mentioned earlier that I think is mm-hmm. important to bring up again, entitlement. Mm. I think that's one of our biggest downfalls, uh, yeah. if I'm speaking kind of from my experience and growing up in the black community, mm-hmm. is entitlement. We feel that someone owes us something. Yes. Yeah. Can, can we hit on that? Yes, I mean, let's like, talk think about, about that. Like, Why do we think that we owed something? We were enslaved. <laughs> I, I've never been a slave. Have you? No, n- never. And I'm sure there's nobody alive today <laughs> no. in in the United States of America has been a slave or a slave <laughs> no, owner, right? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you're right. There yeah. is a sense of like, I'm I'm owed this because yep. of like what my ancestors went through. Yes. But then in that case, do the Irish own? I mean, are, are they yeah. entitled to it because yeah. their their family went through things? Oh, are yes. Jewish people entitled to something because the Jews have went through some things too? Went through a lot, a lot. <laughs> so wh- where does that come from? I don't know, and and it does our community a disservice. And if mm-hmm. you've noticed, it's only mm-hmm. it, it, let's be frank, it's a majority of the time it's it's, it's black people. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's yeah. us. It's I'm black, black people, our community. Majority of the time, we have an entitlement mentality that does us a disservice because while yes. we're harping on the past, mm-hmm. everybody else 
else is getting ahead, moving mm-hmm. forward. They're investing in their community. They're investing in their family. They're creating generational wealth. They're mm-hmm. not allowing anyone to just give them something. They're they're hustling for it. And, and and I wish that we that we could build that mentality together to be better. But yeah. unfortunately, we're just not all the way there yet. To mm-hmm. be honest with you, I mean, it, like I we're go back not, to that but... story about my freshman year mm-hmm. in college. These mm-hmm. were kids that were done a disservice. Mm-hmm. They weren't ready. They yeah. were just put there uh, to try to you know blend in some equity. Yeah. But but they weren't ready for that opportunity. So okay, so shifting gears a little bit. So nepotism is you know when you know like my like for instance my husband and I we we have a company. Okay. And um you know now we 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 make our son like we're gonna pass the company to our son, mm-hmm. but. You know, he he's still he's he's coming in in sales okay. because you got to be able to produce revenue if you want to maintain the company, right? Oh yeah, that's our way of doing it. But if we decide to make him VP without having to kind of climb through the ladder, then some people call that nepotism, mm-hmm. right? Because you have a relationship with us, so now you can have it. Do you believe that? Um, do you believe there's a difference between discrimination and nepotism? Oh, this is a tough one. Do, do, do <laughs> I believe that there is a difference between? Discrimination and nepotism. Mm-hmm. There, there, there has to be a difference. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think they're the same thing. Um, okay. I, I think discrimination is um, when you use um, your own personal biases to, to um, inflict some type of, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, just. <clears throat> Harm yeah. on, on someone else, whether that's yeah. emotionally or, or, or physically. You're you're, mm. you're using your own personal biases to say that this mm-hmm. person is is incapable, and you want to try to keep them down or hurt them or harm them in, in some type of fashion. Mm-hmm. Nepotism is, is is let's use the Trump family for example. You know, mm-hmm. Donald Trump and Donald mm-hmm. Trump Jr. That, I mean, that's a prime case of, of yeah. nepotism. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, his dad was the president and he's the EVP. Right. You know, so I, but but I don't think that's a bad thing per right. se. I, I don't and I don't think discrimination and nepotism are, are the same thing. No. That's good. So because I like what you am, said. Am I off? Basically? No, not okay. at all. Okay. Not at okay. all. I like what you said because what you said was that the, the in discrimination is when you're intentionally using a bias to inflict harm or, yes. or to hold someone back, right? Yes. But if it's my company, I'm not holding you back. I can do whatever I want to do. <laughs> yes. Like why do people think that for some reason that private businesses owe you something? Like yeah. this is you know, I, I I I'm I'm the one that's having the sleepless nights. Yeah. It's like <laughs> so. Chick-fil-A, you know, Trick Kathy. Right. All, all his kids are EVPs in the company. I mean, Right. I mean, it, honestly, and he doesn't have to hire anybody else if he doesn't want to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honestly, it's kind of like, can you blame him? You know, I, mean, I know. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of training up the next generation. Mm-hmm. You're doing your due diligence as a parent, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's that's a bad thing. So I know that because and I know this because I grew up in some some. You know, like I said, I wasn't, I didn't have a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't even have a plastic spoon. But, (laughs) (laughs) so, I know that there are times when I feel uncomfortable in spaces that I'm not familiar with, right? Got you. Or having conversations about things I don't know. Kelvin and I was sitting at a table, and it was a bunch of people there. Like, it was a bunch of us at the table, about, about eight of us. And they were talking about their private planes, right? I don't own a private plane. But they were having a full conversation about, well, did you do this to your plane or what about this and all that? And Kelvin and I, and we got in the car, we bust out laughing <laughs> because Kelvin was like, oh, my God, you were so quiet. I said, no, you were quiet. Like, none of us had anything to say. I'm like, I don't I can't talk about this. I don't own a private plane. You right? don't own a Gulfstream. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even tell you what that is, okay? <laughs> but, but do you feel that now as a commissioner, mm-hmm. right, and you're younger, mm-hmm. but so obviously there's certain things you just haven't experienced but you're going to um, do you feel that pressure and if you do how do you overcome it 
I'm glad you mentioned that because this this actually ties into everything that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Be, I don't. I don't feel any pressure mm. because I don't believe I'm a victim. I don't believe I'm lesser than. I don't believe I'm inferior to anybody. Not saying that right. I think that I'm better than everybody or I'm yeah. the smartest or I have the highest IQ, but I go in every room mm-hmm. as I like I belong there. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to tell me that I'm out of place. You're not going to be able to feel that I'm out of place. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to play the game. I'm going to play the I role. <laughs> yeah. so, I think we all do that, uh, right? Yeah. But, you know, I, I sit next to a guy who's been on the commission, the board of commissioners, for 30 years. Mm-hmm. He's been on the board longer than I've been alive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got a great question. Do mm-hmm. you know? Do I feel nervous sometimes? No, I, but, you know, because I think that was part of my fire growing up. That was yeah. part of who I was. Is I've always looked at every situation as a as a opportunity knocking, you know, and I just got to run through that door. Mm-hmm. And, and, and whenever I'm legislating for the city, mm-hmm. whenever I'm, I'm in meetings, I'm going into different rooms, even if I don't know what the yeah. heck anybody's talking about, mm-hmm. I'm a student. I'm sitting there learning and I'm taking it all in. Mm-hmm. Later, I'll go back home and I'll cry. But but <laughs> but in that moment, you know, right. I, I, I do. Mm-hmm. I empower myself. And I, mm-hmm. and I and I constantly remind myself that uh, mm-hmm. that uh, I'm I'm no less than anybody, and I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make it. I'm so gonna be all so right. Motivate. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, did you use external sources? Because I think I, as we're closing the interview, um, I want to know. So keep this in mind. What your you know what's a book that you can recommend to just recommend to people that um, are in a situation that you were in. That are, that are trying to figure out, you know, I recommend Up From Slavery by Booker T. Washington. But um, I want to know that book. But when we talk about being able to choose, being in a situation where you have to self-motivate, did you find YouTube videos or what, what was your source that you would go to when you couldn't pull it from inside? Whew, uh, that's a good, good question. To be honest with you, it was the fear of fear of failure. Oh yeah, fear of failure mm. because I was like I'm I, I and I still am. Mm-hmm. I'm like that one person in my family mm-hmm. that that finally like broke free and like mm-hmm. go Jalen, we're proud of you. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to let them down. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of my mom, my grandma, mm-hmm. my brothers, and it's like they all. Um, you know, never, you know, they, they've all had the opportunities that I had, but they didn't make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. They didn't make the the smart choices. And, and, and now that I'm in the position that I'm in and I'm, I'm being as successful as I, you know, want to be, yeah. uh, I can't let them down. So yeah. that's my, my everyday mm-hmm. motivating factor. So there you have it. Yep. The fear of failure can be used to motivate. You don't have to just be afraid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And one thing that Kelvin always says, my husband, my husband, I'm, I'm going to reference him a lot because yeah. we talk a lot. And he's but, a great um, man, by the way. <laughs> Kelvin King, I mean, uh, ran the hardest campaign I've ever seen in the state of Georgia. I've never seen somebody work as hard as your husband. So I just oh, I have to say that for the working. record. Oh, my I mean, goodness. Great man. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? That's because of how he came up. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's learned how to scrap. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Yeah. You got to hustle. Yeah. And so um, but he always said that we don't have a poverty issue. We have a confidence issue wow. in our community. He's like, we don't have enough confidence. Yeah. And that's what I hear from you. That confidence is your thing. Confidence is my thing. So in closing, (laughs) we've all heard the term, you are what you eat. And I say, you are what you consume. Digesting food alone isn't isn't enough. Every day we digest narratives, ideas, perspectives, and so on. So let's focus on digesting narratives that encourage rather than defeat. Keep in mind, 80% of millionaires were first-generation successes who were not born with a silver spoon. And like I said earlier, a lot of times they, they didn't even have a plastic spoon. So like Jalen, you can be the one who climbs up 
from out of the spirit of hopelessness and despair, coupled with narratives of fear and doubt, and become exactly who you want to be. Start with the small things like being on time, coming to work every day, you know, going the extra mile. And, and, and when it's time to do that presentation, giving people something different. And if you're unemployed, make looking for a job your new job. Wake up and dedicate eight hours a day to finding employment. Because no matter your current situation, there is no way out. And, or the feeling of being no way out. I'm going to start that over. No matter your current situation, there is a way out. And there is an opportunity waiting to be taken advantage of. So like Margaret said, just get up and do. And although you may not agree with me, remember, disagreement is democracy. Now you go talk. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Jalen. Y'all have a great day. Listen each week at thepodcastpark.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen and subscribe. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.